Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, what more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Hey guys, I have a podcast that I think you'll really enjoy. Proof, the investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives Here is releasing its highly anticipated second season where they investigate the murder of 18-year-old Renee Ramos. The first season, which if you haven't listened to yet, you totally should, saw the release of two Georgia men serving life sentences for murdering their friend, Brian Bowling. And thanks to evidence unearthed by proof, on December 8th, 2022, both Daryl Lee Clark and Kane Joshua Story were finally freed after 25 years behind bars. With that same investigative drive, Susan and Jacinda are on the case again, and this time, they are on the streets of Manteca, California, to find out who really killed Renee Ramos. In proof, murder at the warehouse, you hear how, on June 5th, 2000, Renee's body was found buried beneath a pile of debris inside a new Home Depot building. And how, despite tips hinting at alternate suspects, her boyfriend, 18-year-old Jake Silva, and 33-year-old Ty Lopez were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee, by listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. There were two more murders 15 miles when away. Arrived, the found the telephone we have and a electricity line here described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Morning. You never know what will make someone snap. What could set off a mild-mannered and well-liked man and cause him to go on a shooting spree that left 12 dead and 11 injured? On November 27, 1957, a man was born who would go on to commit one of the most deadly shooting incidents in UK history, the Cumbria shooting. So if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. In the early hours of June 2nd, 2010, a man named Derek Bird Born November 27, 1957, left his home, got into his taxi, and headed to his twin brother's home in Lamplu. It was there that he shot David Bird 11 times with a 22 rifle. Then, the normally quiet and well-liked man drove to Frisington and shot and killed family solicitor Kevin Commons. Following this attack, the police were called, but Derek wasn't finished. 
he drove towards Whitehaven to a taxi rank on Duke Street. He then called over fellow taxi driver Darren Rucastle, whom he had conflicts with, and shot him twice at point-blank range. Next to be shot was taxi driver David Reed, who Derek drove alongside and shot twice in the back and two more times while waiting on emergency services. He was wounded, but ultimately survived the attack. He did the same to driver Paul Wilson as he walked down the street. He was shot in the face, but survived. Police began following his taxi, all while Derek kept shooting at passing taxis. This is how he shot and wounded driver Terry Kennedy and passenger Emma Percival. He aimed at unarmed officers who were forced to take cover and fled. A massive manhunt began and the residents in all of the surrounding areas were urged to stay indoors as he began shooting randomly. He arrived in Egremont and shot Susan Hughes as she walked home from shopping, then moved on to Bridges End before shooting Kenneth Fishburn in the head and chest. He called Leslie Hunter to his taxi before shooting him in the face and back. He was remarkably able to survive the close-range shotgun. While in Wilton, he attempted to visit and kill Jason Carey, a member of a diving club he belonged to, but left when his wife answered the door. Instead, he killed Jennifer Jackson and her husband James before moving on. In Carlton, he killed Isaac Dixon and Gary Purdom. Then came to the motorist James Clarks, whom he shot in the head as he passed him, causing him to lose control and crash. Then came Michael Pike, who was cycling in front of him, and just seconds later on the same street, Jane Robinson was shot in the neck and head. Hers was the last fatality as police began to pursue him. He was able to escape yet again, injuring a few others before crashing his taxi into a stone wall. He abandoned his car, took his rifle, and walked into the Oak Howe Woods. He was last seen alive around 1230. In total, he killed 12 victims and injured 11 others during his massacre, most of which were complete strangers who he just happened to pass on the street. Derek Bird's body was found in a wooded area along with the rifle. His death was announced, and the public finally felt safe enough to emerge from their homes. So, what happened to make this well-liked father and grandfather snap and kill not just his own brother, but the 11 others. According to friends, in 2007, Derek Bird was beaten unconscious by four men who refused to pay him for taxi services. This attack left him changed and, according to some reports, he attempted to seek help from a local hospital due to his fragile mental state. It is speculated that he had a grudge against the people associated with the Sellafield nuclear power plant where he worked as a joiner before resigning after theft allegations and given a 12-month suspended sentence. Three of his victims were former employees, but none had any involvement in his resignation. Others believe he was in a dispute over his father's will, hence the murder of his brother and the family solicitor, or that he suffered from a recent rejection from a woman he was dating after sending her a large sum of money and her ending the relationship shortly after via text. Police found that he was subject of an ongoing tax investigation, and that he believed his brother and the solicitor were conspiring to send him to prison for tax evasion. In the days before his killing spree, he called his brother 44 times. 
All of this is speculation, and we may never really know what caused Derek Bird to seemingly snap and take the lives of 12 people. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on November 28th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime-obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy-to-listen-to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.